What's the most X-Files-like experience you've had in real life? My last semester of college and the following months, I lived in an apartment with one of my friends. He worked a 9-5 and I often didn't work until 4 in the afternoon, so we didn't see each other much. A few months after I moved in, I needed something out of his closet when he wasn't home. I went into his walk-in closet and noticed that there was an attic entrance. My roommate had lived there about 4 months before I moved in and never mentioned an attic. So when he got home from work that day, I mentioned it to him. He said that the attic door didn't open. But I had tried it earlier that day and knew that it did. That night, we went into the attic and found a box of 100-150 vinyl records mostly crap and books about astral projection. Discovering past lives, reincarnation, etc. We thought it was creepy but didn't think anything about them and left the books in the kitchen. About a week later, my roommate was at work and I was doing my usual morning routine of coffee breakfast, and video games. Around 11 a.m., I went to the bathroom to drop a deuce. Totally normal. While I was taking care of business, I distinctly heard the pantry door in the kitchen open and close. The pantry was on the opposite side of the wall from the bathroom, so I could hear it very clearly when it was used. It was a door with a turning handle that would neither be able to open or close on its own. So I thought that my roommate must have come home on his lunch break despite me not hearing the door to our apartment opening closing or footsteps. I felt uneasy. So I waited for a few minutes and listened for any other sounds. The next sound I heard was the light switch right outside the bathroom door being switched. Again, no footsteps were heard. Nothing. I waited 10 minutes in the bathroom until I was sure that there wasn't a super stealthy intruder in our apartment. I texted my roommate. He hadn't been home. When I finally got the courage to leave the bathroom. There were no signs of him being there at all, nor anybody else. I told him the whole story after work and he reassured me that he had not been home. A few days later, I heard more sounds in our apartment while I was pooping again. Same kind of stuff as the first time. Roommate wasn't home that time either. I threw away the books we had found in the attic the previous week and I never heard any mysterious sounds in our apartment again for the next 9 months that I lived there. Not me, but something strange happened to my dad. When he was in elementary school, he shared a bedroom with his sister on the second floor of his house. One night, he woke up and everything looked strange. The wallpaper was different, with a flower pattern. There were boxes everywhere, and a ladder went up into the ceiling. Frightened by this, he screamed until my grandma came into his room, changing everything back to normal. A few years later, when he was in ninth grade, he got his own room that had belonged to his older sister on the third floor. The night he moved in, he woke up to see what he saw years prior, but in a completely different context the flower wallpaper left over from his sister, boxes left to be unpacked all over the room, and a chair at his desk looking like a ladder. He tells this story often, and has no explanation for what exactly happened. I am 16 right now but about 5 years ago I was 11 I came home from spending the night at a friend's house. When I got home I looked around the house and no one was home. I looked outside and the car was gone. After a few minuets I decide to make some mac and cheese. I pull out a bowl and then a noise from the other room sounding kinda like someone slamming two pots or pans together. I yelled hello, but there was no reply. This freaked the shit out of me and I ran out my back door and climbed my fence onto Main Street in tears. I climbed to the top of the fence maybe a six female tall fence and just jumped off onto some end. I was younger and my legs were fine but as soon as I landed I looked to my right and two of my friend brothers who lived next door were walking in my direction. They ran up to me and asked what happened. I told them the story and they just looked at me. So all three of us decided to go to my back door. We hear the noise from outside and slowly open the door and we creep in and the noise stopped. We went into the dining room that's where the noise was coming from. 
Then we walked into the kitchen and I proceeded to make mac and cheese. Then bam the noise started again so I grabbed the bowl and the mac and cheese and we ran to their house and I made the mac and cheese there and stayed the night without telling my parents. The next day I went home and I told my parents what happened. They laughed at me like I was joking but I wasn't. I moved out of that house shortly after and now every time I pass that house I get the chills. To this day I still can't explain what was making the noise. Ghost Children My cousin and I were playing at the park by her house when we were around 12, and there were two other younger kids playing there too who we didn't recognize. We thought this was strange, as we knew most of the kids in the neighborhood who played at that park usually. The other strange thing was that both of them were completely silent. They never talked to each other, or laughed. They were also both barefoot, which was strange, since they were at a public park in a decent-sized city. Eventually they left, and my cousin and I followed them at a distance. They turned a corner, and when we turned the corner, they were gone, just vanished. There was no corner lot with a house that they could have gone into. They were just gone. It's also important to note that this was the 2000s and they were wearing clothes that would have fit right in in the 70s. When I was a kid like 8 or 9 years old I was trying to fall asleep when I heard my name being whispered. I recognized it as sounding like my mom's voice, but I wasn't completely sure since it was just a hushed whisper. It sounded like it was coming from my parents room, but our rooms are at opposite ends of a fairly long hallway and both my door and my parents door were closed. There was no way I would have heard the whisper as clearly as I did. I was pretty tired so I chalked it up being a TV or some sound in the house and I tried to get back to trying to sleep. I heard the whisper again. But this time it sounded like it was right outside my door. I answered back in a soft voice. What? But there was no reply. I think I was trying so hard to not be afraid that I simply tried to go back to trying to sleep again. I heard the whisper and again it was seemingly from outside my door. This time it also sounded like the doorknob rattled a bit and the door moved back and forth within the frame. At this point I was completely freaked out. I jolted up in my bed and shouted, What? What do you want? I heard my parents door open and the faint sound of whatever was on their TV. My mom came rushing to my room saying what's wrong? What's going on? And I asked her why she had been saying my name while I was trying to sleep and why she was outside my door. My mom's face went completely pale and she said, I haven't been saying your name. She explained to me that she was awake, sitting in bed, and watching the news before she was going to go to sleep. She then told me I must have heard sounds of the TV and just thought it was someone saying my name while I was dreaming. I know for a fact that I wasn't dreaming because I never fell asleep. Plus, it happened over the course of a few minutes and I had been keeping my eye on my digital clock the entire time. I feel if I was dreaming the clock wouldn't have been so accurate compared to when my mom came to check on me. A few months later a similar experience happened in which I woke up upon hearing my name whispered right next to my ear. I could feel the breath on my skin and everything. It felt like someone's hand stroked my hair. It felt motherly and didn't scare me at all. I pretty much fell back asleep immediately. The next morning I asked my mom if she had come in my room to check on me while I was sleeping. She said no I didn't tell her what happened and said something like oh, I thought I heard you, I must have been dreaming. I told one of my friends at school about it and it turned out that his parents were way into supernatural kind of stuff. They fancied themselves as real life ghost hunters and were the type to have sacred rocks and crystals all over their house. He offered to help me perform some kind of cleansing ritual in my room. He brought me some sage and a few prayers incantations from his parents the next day. At lunch, I was pretty skeptical about it but I burned it in my room while saying the written down words a few times. To this day I am still not convinced that it actually did anything. To this day, I have not experienced the whisper again. I don't really believe in the paranormal or supernatural. I have tried to find concrete reasons as to why this happened. I have never experienced any kind of auditory hallucinations my entire life. I was not sleep deprived at the time. It still kind of freaks me out, but I've kind of accepted that I'll never really know why it happened or suddenly stopped. 
My dad's girlfriend once went on a trip for two week. The day she came back, she opened the door saw thousands upon thousands of flies all over the place. She went in and tried to find the source of it all, like a piece of food left behind or whatever. But she didn't find a single thing. At this point she just left her apartment, closed the door and went over to a friend of hers to get help to deal with the situation. When she came back home at the end of the day, all the flies were gone. There wasn't even a few dead ones here and there. Nothing. She hadn't thought about opening the windows before leaving. So the only way the flies could have left was through the chimney. But what the hell were all those flies doing there? She's a really down-to-earth person too. I doubt that she imagined the whole thing. Years ago, I was lying in bed, having trouble falling asleep when, all of a sudden, the toilet seat in the bathroom next to my room started banging in sets of threes. It stopped after a few minutes and I just figured it was one of my parents. My dad is a very light sleeper so I thought he would wake up if it wasn't him. I never mentioned it to anybody and kind of forgot about it. Many years later, my older brother, whose room is below the bathroom, started telling me about how this one time the toilet seat started banging in sets of threes for a few minutes. In the middle of the night, he said it was so hard that the ceiling in his room was shaking. He also said that, at youth group, that night, the pastor had mentioned that evil spirits would make noises in sets of three to mock the trinity. He told me that after it ended he went upstairs to ask my parents what the noise was but they didn't hear it my dad will wake up screaming if you so much as turn his doorknob. Not exaggerating. I told him I heard it too and we both freaked out for a while until we realized that the toilet had been replaced when we redid the bathroom. To this day we have no idea what it was but it is easily the scariest thing to ever happen to me. I had a friend in HS that rented an old house that to this day I will swear is haunted. I had decided to stay the night with her on a Friday but that meant getting there late 9pm. When I got there we were watching a movie in the main living room of the house which she was using as her bedroom when all of a sudden her cat hears something. It ends up going down the hall to investigate only to come scampering back in fear of something. No big deal. Probably got spooked. It was a kitten anyway. So about 15 molly newts later the only smoke detector in the house starts beeping low battery. It would chirp about every 60 seconds so it wasn't that bothersome. The creepy part was that sometimes we would hear it chirp and then immediately thereafter. Hear a similar chirp come from down the hall. But here's where the real fun starts. So remember how I mentioned she set up shop in the main living room? Well, she had the doorway to a spare room being used for storage connected to her bedroom with a sheet duct tape to the door frame as there was no door. The same was done to the small rectangular window on the front door, but with a towel. So we decide to make a run to the gas station across the street. Literally, we were gone for maybe 5 minutes. We come back and the taped sections on the front door and bedroom were both taped neatly on the floor. Like someone had laid them out or something. DLDR friend rented haunted house, stayed the night one night and experienced some creepy shit. Blankets that were duct taped to door frames ended up taped neatly to the ground when we went to the gas station. Kitten got spooked by weird noise down the hall. Mysterious second beeping of smoke detector low battery alarm down same hall later in night. Weirdest shit ever, man. Came home from work one night and watched a massive triangular craft fly over my house. It was going really slow and had a light at each corner but did not blink like a normal aircraft. It made absolutely no noise either. I worked with a guy that was in the Air Force for about 15 years and told him the direction it was going and he said it sounded like it was headed to Travis Air Force Base and that he had a buddy he was in with that was stationed there. He talked to his friend and said his friend more or less told him yeah, we got some cool shit going on. I can't tell you exactly, but Google these things. These theories and reports are pretty close. Same guy also said he was transporting packages for his last few years and from site to site. They never knew what they were transporting and sometimes delivered to locations they didn't know. Said one day while loading a shipment a forklift crushed one of the packages and he swears on his life a laser beam type rifle fell out. Said he asked his CO what it was and he just told him to shut up and put it back. 
I have two stories that felt weird to me, both involving my dogs Rolly. I like to go into detail so I hope this is not going to be a boring lecture. Anyway, here goes. We actually had two different Rollies, mostly because my old folks weren't great with new names but also because the second Rolly looked almost identical with the first one without them being related. At least not to my knowledge. We had gotten them from two different places, 200 kilometer apart. We got the second Rolly about one year after the first one passed. Rolly all black fur mostly, yellow gold legs front and back. He had a white cross shape on his chest, where all the different strands of hair meet up and push against each other. He had a pigtail that corked when he was getting attentive. Big ears, too big for his heart. You could see he's a half-breed. Cometh November 14, 2002, 1746 in the evening. I get a call from my grandma informing me that Rolly had escaped the premise and he is wandering around. She let him out of the house for him to shit and, and piss and when she went to check on him, he wasn't there. Normally this wouldn't surprise me because it was so him to do this. Very restless, very curious always looking for a way out. He was a smart dog who understood commands without any training. He would obey and follow as long as he was inside our home yard. The moment the front gate swung open he would turn to a friggin' terrorist. No negotiation, no compromise, no prisoners. He would seek out any tiny bit of space between your legs and just bolt it. The only one to have full authority over him was my uncle but he was at work most of the day. Anyway, we were used to these doggo shenanigans. Also, just two days prior to this he had gotten home from a four week long trip. So, why did my grandmother call me? What was so important this time around, that it couldn't wait another hour for me to get home? Well, this time he got out by chewing away at a wooden board covering the bottom left corner of the gate to the backyard. He then went past another 1.5 meters fence before getting over yet another 1.8 meters fence Eastern European home layout after that it's just backyards, fields, more houses more fields. I never understood how he got past the last two obstacles, though, my grandma feared he might have had rabies and would cause further problems. That's why she had called me, to inform me that, they might have to catch him if that were the case. In case anybody is wondering, they were thinking about killing him before he could harm any human or animal. To spare the suspense, that was not the case. When we found him it, was determined he didn't have rabies. It's necessary to mention that Rolly was very mangled at this point. Turns out that during his four week leave he was in my neighbor's shack. Not 25 meters away but we only figured this out months after. My neighbor caught Rolly trying to shag his dog and locked him up, trying to kill or starve him to death. He was delivered to my front door on the 12th November late evening by my neighbor's niece who was then visiting. She probably took pity and freedom. Anyway, he was so severely abused he could not stand or walk. He was moving like a snake, sorta of crawling flowing about. His back spine was bent to the left his left eye was gouged out, with a big wound still healing on his small doggo head. His top right canine tooth was also missing. He was very, very skinny, probably weighted 10 kilogram. He was a stray dachshund mix so not very big altogether. Regardless, we me, uncle, mother, grandparents were so happy to have him back we didn't think about what had happened or where he could have been. We cared for him, fed him bathed him, cleaned the wound etc. He was so happy to be back. He did not want to leave the room. Also mandatory to explain that Rolly and my uncle had a strong bond. He must have acknowledged him as his true master. Rolly was a rascal, digging holes in the lawn, chasing chicken, barking at neighbors can't blame him. Now, my folks would chain him up for 2-3 days every time he screwed up. I was afraid they would eventually get rid of him because despite his canine intelligence, he never numbed down on the stupid shit he did. I guess I acted like an overprotective mom that would deny her son some occasional fun just to know him safe. I kinda ended up just yelling at him and going like no you're not allowed there. No, that's not yours. Only being content when he was sleeping cause that's when he didn't stir some shit. Even though I spent much more time with Rolly throughout his life, 
He liked my uncle better and I now understand why. My uncle was chill, much older. He could argue with my grandparents and just let Roly be Roly. A dog. A barking machine. An excavator with fur that's how we called him. I think the dog sensed that. Don't get me wrong my grandparents weren't abusive and they didn't have crazy strict rules. But Roly was chasing chicken. Stressing them out. Causing them to lay less eggs. He would dig out my grandmother's flowers. He would get out on the street and pick up fights with other dogs or humans. Etc. Those were valid reasons for my folks to request we try to educate him further via jail time. Anyway, he was back. We loved him. He loved my uncle. He slept inside. He looked exhausted but he knew he is in the right place. I skipped school on the 13th November in order to look after him and get him to the vet. After two days, on the 14th November, he had regained his strength enough to comically walk by himself. I played with him for about one hour before I left for school. With a missing eye he kept running into walls and stuff but he was feeling better. Now, this dog, who moved around like a fading belly dancer, who was not even able to stand in order to feed himself just 48 hours before, somehow got enough energy and strength going for him to maul through wood. And I mean, there was blood on that gate. I thought he injured himself further while sneaking underneath it, but there was blood and teeth marks on the chunks he ripped away. He had hurt his mouth trying to eat away at the wood and still did it. Cometh the next obstacle 1.5 meters high fence. Not wood but steel this time. Maybe he jumped over or dug a hole in some spot. Never found any evidence and I didn't look too hard for it. Same with the last fence. Even higher and no obvious clue as to how he did it. I suspect he dug around it. There's no way he would do a 1.8 meters jump. As much as I like to believe it. He was not super dog. We actually did a have a dog Rina Bassi. Second Rolly's mom that could make that jump. But she was a bit larger. Had longer legs. And did not look like a draft of the Terminator with missing eyes and crooked spines and whatnot. Point is, he must have done some hardcore effort in order to get out of our home yards. He injured his already injured body further and kept going, moving on. Later that night at 19 we got another call from my grandmother. My uncle had gotten into a car accident. He had a job at a local shop and was driving his workmates home after the shift one dude lived in a neighbor town. About 20 minutes drive. The road was bad especially on the sides, where the asphalt started to crumble and to roll down in the ditch. Don't know if it's called a ditch but the road was built about 1 meter above the adjacent sunflower field. So there was something like a ditch. My uncle drove a transport van. He had gotten it a few weeks ago and was might proud of it. Even though a van is not an ideal celibate choice. He had gotten it at a very good price and in very good shape. Worst case scenario he could sell it for a profit. Point is, he was new to the car and new to driving a van altogether. He overtook another driver and in doing so, went a bit too far out. The wheels slipped off the asphalt and kinda grinded along on the dirt below for about 100 meters. In trying to get the van to climb back on the asphalt, he didn't notice the tree on the side of the road. They were only doing 40 km h but they hit the tree at a weird angle. It was just where the driver's seat is, located and my uncle sustained a fatal head injury. The other people in the car said that they felt a bit scared as the car was drifting off. But since they were going so slow, didn't think of any real danger. That was more of an adventure for them than an actual situation. As they were saying things like ha ha, put it back on the road man, it's new, you're gonna duck the tires up, they're also new, put it back on the road. They did not feel any danger. Given there were witnesses the time of the accident was pretty exact. Given the injury, the time of death was also very exact 14.11.2002-1815. I am no weird genius with infinite memory. I just stared long at the numbers trying to make sense of it. Anyway, Q morning, funeral preparations, etc. I noticed the next day that Roly is missing. I figured, with so many people coming to the wake, he had gotten away again. We lived in a small eastern European village with a population of 3000, 4000. Everybody knew everybody. 
and there was a lot of commotion at the funeral since my uncle was a decent guy, had many friends and my old folks were also hardworking, respected people, but then I actually remembered that he ran off the night before, I went to check on his escape routes, blood on the fence and so on, I didn't have nor the time nor the will to Sherlock the shit, out of the domain so I left it at that. One thing stuck with me though, the time of the calls, Rowley went away between 1730-1740, the car crash happened 30 minutes later, in the aftermath of the funeral I spoke to one of my uncle's friends let's call him Jay, who happened to be a neighbor down the street, happened to be my uncle's drinking buddies and also happened to be in the car the night my uncle died, I said I was sad about losing both my uncle and my dog, he asked what happened, I told him about Rowley, he said my uncle told him and their buddies as well we had a little chat, nothing much, cue funeral and aftermath, we have here some religious tradition. Two weeks one month after the funeral, the family organizes a hot meal and invites friends and family over to feast in remembrance of the deceased. I think it's called alms in English. Before this alms we went to plant an iron cross at the site of the crash in memory of my uncle family, friends and whoever thought it's a good idea to flood with cars an already difficulty road which under pretty much the same circumstances killed a driver not one month ago. Point is that Jay was also there. The other guys who were in the car that night did not come out to where it happened but Jay was there since he felt he had a deeper friendship with my uncle. Please note it's December. We're Eastern Europe. It's cold. It's snowing. It's cold. Anyway, right next to that particular tree, there was this black lump of fur, kinda covered in snow, you could not exactly make out what it was, my folks thought that somebody paid their homage to my uncle and brought a piece of clothing or some alcohol of sort, they didn't know, but I knew, I knew it was Rolly right away, he'll spare the drama details but we took him home in a sack and even though the soil was hard as duck, we dug a hole and buried him underneath a tree in our yard later that day, Jay, looked at me and asked me what I think of how Rolly got there. Now, remember the part about them shouting laughingly to keep the car on track or else the wheels would break. All these details were related to me by Jay. He's the one to take his time and actually talk to my family. Not just doing what's socially expected of an individual in such a situation. He legit talked to us. Talked about their time at work. Their time spending time. How he was a good man. Generic shit you say to a mourning family. Jay also gave us the full tale of what happened that night, how it happened etc. He also gave us a little detail that everyone had missed or didn't mind, right as the car lost control and it glided along the asphalt, trying to get a grip for the wheels on the left side to go back up. There was a black dog in the middle of the road barking them down. They did not turn left to avoid it so they hit it. In order to avoid the dog, my uncle would have had to pull left, completely renouncing the asphalt and any hope of getting back up and letting the van go in the field. Stopping it there, assessing the situation, his mistake was not realizing how much danger they are in and trying hard to put the car back on the road to prevent any material damage. Anyway, one of the guys yelled there's a dog, and then they heard the van hit him and him crying out in pain. 10 seconds later they hit the tree. Notably is here that later in the evening a policeman went apeshit because there's a dog on the scene and nobody was chasing it away. Turns out the dog was too hurt to move and kinda used his strength to near the car. They ended up ignoring the dog and letting him stay around. I got within 50 meters of both my uncle and my dog. I know this entry is probably much larger than most of the stories around here but I really let myself go this time. I hope this is not too dramatic for the topic of this thread. I just wanted to recreate my world from back then to the reader, in hopes that more exposition would show why this felt so unreal for me, and still does. I am a pretty down-to-earth person. I don't believe in ghosts, telepathy and whatnot. Like, you hear stories about pets who run away from home to visit their owners in the hospital. Shit, this dog was at the site crash before ID happened. How did it know? Why didn't he bark at any other car? 
There should have been more cars in the ditch or he should have been dead by the time my uncle got there. So many coincidences. I would want to clarify some things. I trust Jake. He was a fully grown man with wife and kids. Not much of a jester joker. Not much of a complicated mind. Thereby, I do not think he made up the story about them hitting the dog. It's something my mom implied permanently. That he told me the story to give the Rolly story a sense of purpose. I've known Jay for a long time and he's the only one I'm talking to at OMS and pretty much the only one attending outside of our family. We had OMS at two weeks, one month, one year, three years, seven years, ten years, fifteen years. To know who sets the dates. The dates are very exact because I kept a log with the dates and times. I had a primitive cell phone back then was a brick but it did have a call log. I put this down in great detail. Thing is, many things made sense long after they happened. Who dognapped Rolly for one month? We only knew for sure 10 years later. Where the duck did he go in such a hurry the night my uncle died? The abusive neighbor got cancer and cracked emotionally. Some drinking included some crying around. He admitted to my grandmother one evening that he abused Rolly 10 years ago because he wouldn't stop barking. He is now dead and I did not attend his funeral. Rolly was my bestest dog ever. I could put my hand in his food and he would not be phased by it. He would eat around my fingers no shits given. Only thing that happened when I took out pieces I was testing him. He looked at me funny expecting it back and nudged me with his nose until I dropped it. He hated cats and chased every day any day but never caught any. He did corner one once but he didn't know what to do so he looked at me long enough for the cat to escape. Until one day our cat had babies in his kennel. To know how the cat felt safe but she did. He accepted those cats and their mother ever since. Other cats were still national threats. Second Rolly story is much more dull but I still frowned. We already had Rolly too at the point. He was a badass but not quite as smart as the first. He did all the negatives but he had less of the positives. Loved him anyway. Thing is I had moved out by this time and had gotten a job. I was 18-19 at the time. Rolly was 6-7 years of age. A colleague of mine had rescued a bitch and her pups. So I took one of them in. I phoned my grandmother informing her that she'd be getting a second dog so they can play together. She asked me when. I told her got him today after work. She asks you finished work at 5. I said yeah. What's wrong? She said I heard Rolly wail and cry out today at around 4 p.m. I went outside and he was lying on the ground having puked blood all around him. I buried him at exactly 5 p.m was buried in the garden under the same tree. There's an old church in my village that sounds the bell every hour. That's how my grandmother knew when she had buried the second. Vet was on vacation. Grandmother was afraid the dog was sick and it was transmissible so she buried him right away. DLDR. Severely injured dog escapes recovery facility in order to prevent car crash. Dies a hero's death in the process. Thank you for reading. My family was out of town for the weekend. At the cottage, I was hanging out in the TV room, doing TV room things. And here my dog get up in a huff upstairs. You know how these stories go. When the dog is worried and you're home alone you should be worried too. Here's the thing. I was home alone. This included the dog she was with my family. I figure it's an animal in the attic so I go upstairs to investigate. I hear the noise again. And this thing sounds big moving around. But it's coming from the hall that I have a plain view of this hall is not long has two bedrooms at the end, one in the middle, and the open staircase across from that room. So this noise is definitely not coming from above, but it's moving. At which point I freak, out and run downstairs. And of course the noise is following me, but keeping its distance. So I'm now hanging out by my front door, ready to run away. The noise is kinda moving off again and decide to call a friend I know is still up, to crash at her place. She says she has a couple of friends over and they'll all come to check out what's going on. So they come over and of course it's quiet now, but then we all hear the noise upstairs again, 
They're doubting the creepiness and go up to investigate. And bolstered by the numbers I go up to, we follow the noise into a bathroom. We go into the bathroom, and all agree that we're staring at the source of the noise in the bathtub, just scratching away. But there's nothing there. All of a sudden it stops. There's a loud bang from the window nobody was close to it. And then the scratching is downstairs. We run after it. Hear another bang from a door to the outside at no point does this door actually open or close. We go outside and hear something running away into the night. Went back inside, joked nervously about how weird it was for a while. They leave. And I don't sleep for the rest of that night or the next. 830 sh p am driving down a country road to a friend's house party little more than halfway there my buddy Corey slams on the brakes out the front window in the headlights is a body on the road hyperventilating we get out to check and turns out it's a mannequin okay so what begin driving again mannequin in the back seat about five minutes later Corey stops the var again there's another mannequin in the road although hh obvious it's mannequin this time WTF. We get out, laugh, put it in back seat. Now two mannequins in the back. Keep driving. About to make it to house party when we realize it's dead quiet at the house. There's cars parked outside and lights ion and but dead quiet. Where is everyone? We go inside. No one is home. We check everywhere. Backyard. Nothing. All doors unlocked. Lights on. House is pretty clean, but definitely right address. Okay. I call buddy up. He doesn't answer. We walk upstairs figure everyone is out on a beer run or something. We find the TV room and plop on the couch. About 30 minutes go by. No one showing up. I call. Again. Nothing. There's like 5 cars outside. But maybe they took one car. Why? Corey goes outside for a smoke break. I am watching TV. He then yells at me to come downstairs. I make it to the porch and he points at a mannequin that's been propped up by shed-like structure. It's wearing a Santa hat and large words she knows written in black paint across its chest. We think it's a prank but decide to leave anyway. Day after I call friend up. Says he was waiting for us the entire time and we never showed up. The address was 100% correct. We told him. Didn't believe us at first but finally saw how we were serious and had no explanation. Still to this day. My family is from Poland. And one summer we were visiting my grandparents in a small, remote town. We were walking down the street casually when my younger brother and me both looked up and both saw a UFO shaped like your typical run-of-the-mill disc-shaped craft, approximately 60 foot above us. For a very brief moment, shared by my brother entirely, I felt the most intense mix of emotions I had felt up to that point. I was terrified, in awe, shocked, frozen, fascinated, and had this urge to run, just run but I couldn't do anything other than stand there and stare at it. After a while, it must have been very brief. We both realized that what we were seeing was the top of a water silo which was shaped like a UFO disc at the top. The whole experience was fake in the end, but for this brief moment all my senses, my whole mind and my deepest guts believed that we were actually looking at an UFO. It was not real, but my feelings were. I am absolutely sure that I would feel exactly the same should I ever witness. An actual, real alien craft. I was sitting on the balcony of a beach house with a girl I had recently started dating along with the rest of her family. It was about 1am and it was very dark. There were very few lights around, and those that were on are shrouded to keep the light on the ground and not in the sky. It was a moonless night. We are all leaning back in our chairs looking at the sky. I was telling them that you could actually see satellites passing over as a small star-like light that moves across the sky in a straight line. And we had already seen a few, so everyone was searching for more. They had never seen satellites passing over before. But I was used to looking at them having grown up in the country with some very dark skies. Suddenly, 
something passes over us. It was strange because the best way to describe it is that it was like looking out of a car window with your face right up to the glass as a drop of water slides past and distorts the image. As it passed over us, it distorted the light of the stars, as if the light was bending through water. The patch of stars would move and become a bit brighter as the object passed over them, and then pop back into their original position and dim as it passed. It was almost like we had seen a large invisible craft that distorted the sky. I saw it, and looked over at the girl's brother-in-law, and his jaw was hanging slack. The rest of her family was sitting in stunned silence as well. I finally said did you see? Yes, her brother-in-law said, before I could finish my sentence, then. Everyone started talking at once. I stopped them all and asked each one to describe it. They all said they saw a distortion of some sort, but one that had a definite size and circular shape and was clearly moving from behind the house and out to sea. It was a very large and seemed to be mostly circular, although it was difficult to determine a shape since it was more of a distortion than anything. It was much larger than a blimp would look at that altitude. We had all watched it until it disappeared over the horizon. I finally mentioned the water drop distortion effect, and everyone agreed with that description. No one heard a sound. We continued to watch for a while, but we never saw another thing that night. It was one of the strangest things I have seen in the night sky. Amnesia is probably the most X-Files-like experience I've had. I hit my head on a Tuesday morning when I was 13 years old. I remember sitting down immediately afterwards. After laying down on my back with my knees up for about 10 minutes, I stood back up. The next thing I remember is waking up the next day. Or so I thought. My little sister wanted to know if I could take her to the park. I said, not today maybe Thursday. After looking at me with a confused expression on her face she replied, but, it is Thursday. I couldn't help but think this was another one of those times where she's literally so stupid it's shocking. She wasn't the brightest bulb in the house. I argued with her about it. Finally, she said, let's go inside and look at the date on the computer. Sure enough, it was Thursday. What happened to Wednesday? I'll never know. My slightly outlandish theory is that I was abducted by aliens and they put me back in the wrong spot on the timeline so that it seemed like time just jumped forward. But really, it was just amnesia. I camped at the site that's in the very center of Yosemite so it was very dark and you can see the stars very clearly. We would start at the stars and you could make out their colors. And then we noticed that if you look between the stars you could see even more faint stars which was really cool. So we looked directly upward where it was darkest. And we saw these things that looked just like those faint stars. But they moved. There were a bunch of them. Mostly faint blue and they seemed to meander around their little patch of the sky like ants on the table. Not shakily like it was atmospheric distortion. They definitely moved around in an intentful way, sometimes stopping and then moving another direction. Very interesting. My best guess is it's some kind of life that lives in the atmosphere like a sky jellyfish. Who knows? Definitely not stars or satellites as I was looking at stars right next to them being perfectly still. I saw what could only be described as a UFO. It must have been between 8 and 10 feet long. Not sure how wide but about the night of your average four-door sedan car. It was cylindrical and had several lights on equally spaced apart. They glowed a number of colors ranging from reddish to green with maybe some blue thrown in this memory is from about two years ago during the summer. I was driving and saw the thing just above the tree line in a part of NJ I would prefer not to mention. It is a part that has some air traffic but the object appeared to be flying no more than a few feet above the trees. I am the only witness as my GF in the car could not see where I was pointing. When I made another pass, there were no lights, no building or structure that would otherwise have lights. I remember the thing rotated slightly in the air but I heard nor saw any helicopters. I heard nothing. And then it was gone. I think this is the first time I mentioned this in a public forum because my GF is afraid of men in black. A fear that predates the experience. 
This happened when I was 10 years old. Keep that in mind because this was weird and I can only assume that I imagined most of this. We were driving home from a neighboring city at night and we were on a back road. Only my dad and me were awake. My mom and sisters were sleeping. A van drove up beside us and the door opened. Papers started blowing out of the door and someone threw a suitcase out into the road and the van sped off. I quickly turned around to look and a man stood up from where the suitcase was. As if he had come out of it. My dad and I discussed it and he asked if I was okay seeing what I saw. I said it was weird and I was a little scared and he said that it was normal. We never discussed it again. I think that happened is that a man was pushes out of the van but my child mind saw something else. Word. I can relive the 90s, but I saw one over the David Taylor model basin outside of DC. I'd have been driving on the Clara Barton Parkway, as it's now called. Now here's the thing was it an alien UFO or another country's military UFO or one of our own UFOs? I am still not sure. But it sure did scare the ever-living hell out of me back in the 90s when I saw it. So I grew up outside of DC, not far from that facility. The DC suburbs were a bit sleepier back then. And often I was the only car on the road when I was coming home. Even as early as 11.30ish. This time I recall it being later I think I was either past curfew so I'd have been 17. Or perhaps I was 18. But I recall talking to a friend who's a year older than me in school. So I am placing this around 1994-1995-ish edit my math is off. It would have been 1995-1996. Anyhow, I was coming home late at night and was the only one on the Clara Barton Parkway. As I was driving along, keeping an eye out for critters, as one does, I glance up and see this thing hovering right over the basin. Now, the basin looks like a big metal chicken coop. Basically, a sort of half dome thing but long, all metal, surrounded by a metal fence. At the time, no gun turrets or anything around it. No weird sand on top of it, either. Just a big metal silo, laid sideways, basically. Anyhow, this object was hovering above it, and it was, glowing. For lack of a better word, looked like nothing I've ever seen before or after and I've seen a hell of a lot of military planes living around here. It was sort of misshapen cookie-shaped, like a chip which, or something, you know. Not quite oblong, not quite round, some nubbins here and there. But not like, plane shaped, or blimp shaped, per se, closer to a zeppelin than a plane though. I'd been reading too many Whitley Stryber books at the time and freaked the ever living hell out. I gibbered and ma Abby started to cry and floored IT. I had a T-bird with AV8. I nearly killed myself driving the remaining two miles home, ran the stop signs, drove straight down the middle of the road, trying to keep my eye on the rear view mirror at the same time. Slammed the door so loud when I ran into the house I woke my parents up, too. Ha ha. Anyhow, a couple days later, was fetching to friends about it at a coffee shop and a lady overheard me, said she called it in and was told it was a weather balloon. Weather balloon my sweet ass. Thanks for watching. Don't leave before leaving a like to this video. Also hit the subscribe button to support my work. And as always, have a horrific nightmare my dear.